It's Elisa, founder of Wamina, and you are listening to the Decan Show. So uh, keep your life all glittery and happy and good vibes only, please. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Go check it out. A whole new generation of young people today who belong nowhere. But I prefer to be an outcast during culture kids, where the concept of the Decan is the, the corner shop or the top. We are live outside. Hey, yo, what's up, people? What up, nation? It's a revolution of expression. Yeah. Show, stay tuned in. Arab digital generation is shaping our identity, their creative expression, and their future. So please give a very warm welcome. Welcome to your tribe. Really big, and he talked about like the Arab things that we all feel, but nobody ever wants to talk about, like beefing with your parents and like him and my dad not supporting, you know what I mean? Like that kind yeah. of, when you're an artist or a creative and your, your parents fa- don't know Your dad didn't support him? My dad supported him uh, in exchange. He was just like, yeah, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Just get an undergrad degree. Okay. You know, just get, just graduate from college. And my brother for six years, like went to school, university, never graduated. He didn't keep his end of the promise. Mm. And so once that happened and my brother dropped out, my dad was just like, this, uh, this is bullshit. Like, there's you, no way. Like, no, yeah. you can't be a musician. Like, come work for the family business. Like, you have to do this. So they beef for a bit, and then uh, and okay, now so he's his number one fan. He loves, he oh, loves that's one. Okay, that's good. So your dad was being fair. He was being fair. Yeah, and my was brother fair was being deal. fair. It was, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, for an Arab dad, he, my brother's been DJing since he was like 12 or 13 years old. Mm. He learned how to. Scratch. When did your dad start listening to him? When he started making money. Oh, oh, yeah, because okay. it's now a legitimate business. Because now guess. he knows his son can support himself. <laughs> okay, like yeah. He's yeah. So he's like, oh, yeah. I'm not just funding okay, this, no, like, good. Or like what, pit, money pit. Somebody else, somebody else saw my brother as a producer, a really talented producer, and was willing to back him. Okay. And then when my dad found out about that, he was like, like, it was, it was a pretty big, yeah. like, investor, you, and he was just like, no, 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 don't, like, what, somebody else's money? No, 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 I'm going to I'm gonna back you now. <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't started. take someone else's money. Yeah. Take mine. Yeah. And then he would go to shows, like if my brother played in Ibiza and he would start seeing people like pay tickets to, to go yeah. vibing yeah. to it and tables at clubs. Yeah. And he's like, oh, actually money is being generated it's a business. Through, oh, yeah. This, yeah. through this person. So then he was just like, okay, cool. All That's good. pretty good. Yeah. So to that point, um, you know that hip hop exchange group Bredo created on WhatsApp? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, Big Hal decided to drop um, uh, two cents on it. Who created this on WhatsApp? Okay, can uh, I just... <laughs> Please, go ahead. May I, may I give this context? We were going to the gym. It was really early in the morning. And he gets added to this hip-hop uh, exchange group. Then Mr. Carter, uh, for, he's a teacher in Abu Dhabi. Mr. But Sean Carter? <laughs> no. Sean Carter? Well, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Berto Carter. Albert. Albert, <laughs> Albert Carter. Carter. <laughs> um, so anyways, he wants, he's, his, his kind of history is in working with kids in, in uh, you know, in, in difficult environments yeah. and using hip-hop as a medium to connect them to either literature or so creative. He works in Banias Abu Dhabi now? He works in Banias Abu Dhabi. But no, what he, so the whole point is that he wanted to create an ex, uh, you know, a WhatsApp group, mm. uh, sort of like uh, a group where you could exchange okay. ideas about the, hip, uh, about the culture. And it seems big. And so OT um, got on, I'm trying to be very nice about this. OT got on the, got added okay, to the group. Nobody likes hip hop. Nobody likes WhatsApp groups. You well, know, this is so the thing, right? Even if OT got added to the group and I was like, if you leave, it will, we love Mr. Carter. We love Mr. Carter. But it's yet another WhatsApp group. It is. And so 
I, I said, if you leave, it'll be a statement. But like, so your, your exit is honest, a statement. Sometimes, uh, like, and everybody to, knows you leave, too, because yeah, yeah, it, it shows that you're right? a little yeah. trash yeah. at the bottom. Time you see, and every time you just have that mandic shade, so we just open, when you see those, like, 600, 200, no. like, just check the topic. You this know, was, then, la, this la, could la, trigger this, a whole no, conversation. This was right after our burnout <laughs> episode. We had made an episode about burnout, and, yeah. and we had decided we're going to make this practice of, like, focusing our energies right where they belong. We're not having a having a WhatsApp with 622 things it's still oh, no. exhausting to see that so anyways we were in that zone obviously we've relapsed because we're repeat offenders when it comes <laughs> mm-hmm. to burnout but he, <laughs> Welcome to the club. He, yeah exactly so now it seems like shots have been fired in this yeah, group so, OT's so glad he hasn't left now so I am <laughs> now for, yes. for once I'm actually happy having is it about the topic that we just talked exactly. about yeah. Yeah. there should always be one person in your crew that stays in as like <laughs> that, a that spy commit. I exit immediately so yeah. it will be OT that, that's what I do but yeah. I tend to have one or two people that stay in and then they'll screenshot it so, no, so Reem exists and then we burn her while she exits. No, I don't uh, care. But we stay in the group. I don't care. I'm not. Say, say what you will about me. Just say my name in the group without me there. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> so Big House decided to write a blog piece about it. In the about WhatsApp group? No, no, no. He no. Had, so oh. he's, he's, Specifically uh, about He's promoting the blog piece about his situation. Instagram rant. Uh, so I was like, peace, guys, not sure if you saw my Insta story last night. Basically, I was just talking about the lack of representation of hip-hop in these awards on publications, like Time Out and What's On. I was approached by an editor, and she simply said we weren't able to find rappers. Lol. Anyway, I was. <laughs> I told her that I would send her a list, some sort of a directory, if you want to call it that, of UAE-based rappers, and that's what I did. Please feel free to check it out and let me know who to add. At this point, it's mainly rappers, just as a database. Hi, Take PB, a look at bless it, him, man. He's really trying to push hip hop. He is. He's. The, he wants to be the advocate for hip hop in this space. He's been doing it for quite a while. So. Yeah, it's, um, true. it's on his blog right now if you guys need access to it. That's great. You know what? To credit him, there's people I've never heard of. Like whom? There's a guy called Adam Million. Somalian rapper in the UAE. So I don't know if this Wait, is you true. You met him at really? Seoul. Adam Million? Adam Million, you met him. I don't remember. Freak we know, Fadal we know. But Freak yesterday said, um, I don't know if this is true, that these kind of words, like even when you get shortages, then you have to pay. No. Or it just means like you have saying. to book a table. Like you have to book no, a table, no, you have to pay, that's no, in all kinds of awards. You don't you have can to. if you want. You or you would just like stand to. on the board. Yeah. Yeah. Your your dad can if he'd like to see you get an award. Yeah. But I just think there there are there are some awards you 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 have to be voted. So you're voted by the public like a people's choice type thing. But for me in general, an award is a marketing tool. So you the only people who benefit are timeout. So you have to align with timeout's mm-hmm. interests. I don't see how at a million aligns with timeouts interest. So like as a fellow ORD, when you got uh, voted as one of the top 100 uh, Pinoy uh, females, humble brag. The, how did I, I that will happen? not humble brag about this. Uh, the top 100 Filipinos. Uh, yeah. It happened because we did some work for Illustrado magazine, and mm-hmm. they met me. And I, I don't have a website. I don't do. They just see what I do, and they, uh, they gave the award. Um, to find 100 Filipinos in the Gulf that are influential is very difficult. And we so know tough. that she doesn't have a website. No, no, Ask but when her when I saw that website. list, I was like, wow, that's such a smart yeah. mark. It's like the yeah. only list of its kind. Do you know yeah. how And you had to is? choose 100. You, know? yeah. like you could and have done 40 under 40. Yeah, exactly. No. You could have done best 10. <laughs> you know, you drop to zero, and it would have been much easier for everybody. But to find 100 every single year is really tough and I but they don't do it every year no and not, well now this is this they've done it this year as mm-hmm. well as last year but some years they won't it's yeah. the, but it's really tough and the way that it happens is it's like Illustrado is a really unique piece in the landscape of you know Filipino culture yeah, yeah 100% and um, I appreciate the work that they do if you find me you know you're at the bottom of the barrel 
No. <laughs> like, you, know, you know you've got past all the people. I was actually were, very happy when I saw it. No, no. I, <laughs> I, for me, it's one of those things you really did your research if you found me. Because it's so it's it's so rare that I'll write I'm like I'll write that I'm Iraqi Filipino, but it's not something I have I I I always say I should give more to the community. I'm never doing enough. And But that's you're actually I'm, incredibly easy to find. Really? Of course. No. Yes. Well, you're well, I mean, people uh, like to connect with people because, in their communities yeah, also. So I people mean, will actively look for who are people that are Iraqi or Filipino yeah. that are like out there. Inspirational in Iraqis was an interesting one because that was my client as well. So usually because I work so adding add me to the awardees. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 there's British no, no. council awards before things, that. Yo, I, I don't like awards things are tough for me because I, I know that there's a purpose to them. And yeah. if I if I feel like your purpose is validated in my life, then I'm willing to support it. But, but otherwise know, I've rejected most of them. But the thing them. is it's like a mutually beneficial it has to be partnership. Mm -hmm. So I know what's behind the scenes of who gets selected, yeah. not for all publications. Like there are some publications that will really research and really take people's votes into account and things like that. But there's other publications, and I won't name names, but there are other publications that really could not care less. Exactly. And literally are like, okay, we need a hundred startups, so let's just let's go. Find. And then the list yeah. comes out and I'm like, hold on a minute, like 30% of these are out of business. Yeah. They're or, not there or yeah. they yeah. literally took someone else's list, yeah. right? Yeah. Or they're yeah. one-off lists, like there was a list two years ago that was like, out of nowhere, it's never been done before, it's never been done since, called the 100 smartest people in the UAE. I saw this list. What? I was on it. Okay. What kind of stupid list is that? What was? How do you... That goes to my question, like what's the categories? What, what are the boxes? There's no are, categories, like, just how, how the smartest those... people. I'm like, on what planet? Oh, yeah. Did you see my SAT scores? Did you look at like my <laughs> IQ? What What is smart? Yeah. What does that mean? So uh, to that point, I think that with, the, with Illustrato, I was very happy about it because I knew how difficult it was to find that 100. Mm -hmm. That was a and it was a point of checking myself as well because I always talk to OT and you sometimes about um, the the Filipino community in the UAE is so unique and so vibrant and so dope like mm -hmm. there's such wonderful layers to it I couldn't contribute enough and I don't contribute enough every single time mm -hmm. so that's something that I yeah so the Khan Awards the Khan Womina Awards by the way I'm in OT refused it but he refused I won't do my. Awards. He refused my proposal, but I think that we should hand them out uh, on the merits of what I feel that day. <laughs> I know we thought about this also internally. Like we were thinking of doing like a Wamina, so, like we have this thing called the Entrepreneur Resource Doc. Mm -hmm. It's not it's not a fancy name. I'm working on it, <laughs> um, but it's basically like a free resource online for entrepreneurs to yeah. go and they can check out the whole ecosystem yeah. and what they do and whatever. And I wanted to create like a Wamina stamp. Like I've worked with these people; they're legit. Yeah, they answer your freaking emails. They you know walk the talk. So you authenticate them. So I authenticate them to a certain startups, degree and yeah. then we're like well what if we do like an award show where you recognize people that are actually contributing but honestly like you said it's a total rocket it spends it's so, so much, much money, money. Mm -hmm. it's a and lot like, of expense i don't i like to do things that actually have an impact that i can measure yeah yeah um so it's really it's like there's no real point yeah. um and i think especially in our generation there's way more creative ways to recognize people 100 isn't like an award show yeah. um there's the verified thing on instagram now. there's that you can give yeah <laughs> you can just hanging out those <laughs> You're laughing, but do a Dukan verified. You know, do a Dukan mm. verified and literally have your own version of 
like legit people or legit I've started entities that, that I did that two years ago, which was called Family of Fridays, where every Friday uh, yeah, I, remember I that. would showcase artists, musicians, designers, yeah. any creatives that are doing really cool stuff. Yeah. And then that just put, just we share their work. We had and our Women Crush it. Wednesday. Every single mm -hmm. Wednesday we shared a badass woman who was doing some cool stuff. And we just used that hashtag that's already really mm -hmm. popular, but we did a Women Crush Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Nice. We add an A. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's dope. I think that's great. You so know? take us to the back. So tell us more about what, I mean, how it started. Tell us a bit more. Um, it's uh, yeah, sure. I started like five, uh, five <laughs> or six. You know why? Because I'm so freaking over it, dude. <laughs> I'm so over how I started. I'm like so. F I can't believe where I am now compared to how I was because. I, I was totally lost for the first few years of my business as a person. Like, I totally disconnected with who I am. Um, um, but yeah, I can't, basically, I, well, my dad's been based out of the UAE most of my life, and I wanted to move here to start a business. I didn't really care what business it yeah. was. From where? From Paris. So I lived in Paris my whole life. Um, very traditional, mm -hmm. like, Western European superiority complex city, and I was like, this is not what the rest of the world really is. I wanted something totally different. Yeah. You know, I I walked everywhere. I wanted to drive. I had weather. I wanted sunshine. Yeah. Can I swear on this? Can <laughs> yeah, I you can say whatever you want. All you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I was in a tiny little apartment. I want a house. Like, I, I want it. I was switching up my whole life. And I wanted to start a business. So, like, every year I came up with a different business idea. And when I finally got to the UAE, it was to open a restaurant in Abu Dhabi. Okay. Um, and a few months before moving here, a friend of mine from college was talking to me about the startup space and I got really interested in it and she explained to me this thing called angel investing mm -hmm. so investing in startups uh, early stage small amounts like 5k 10k and it blew my damn mind that mm -hmm. for $10,000 or $5,000 you could get involved in a startup at a really high level and help them navigate and make really important decisions and I was 23 at the time and I was like hold on like I thought I had to work corporate yeah. for 25 years to prove myself before I could tell anybody what to do or help anybody in in mm -hmm. strategy of any sort of business or change and this was like a life hack for me like oh I can actually save up like 5k and then get involved in startup. so I thought that was really cool and I was like well listen why don't we open an angel network yeah um, help other people discover angel investing I'm moving to Dubai I'm moving to Abu Dhabi come with me she's like cool down <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so that was like that was in 2013 and uh, the restaurant didn't work out after about four months. It kept mm -hmm. like, you're talking about passion and like it was really, it kept sucking the life out of me yeah. when yeah. I kept working on it and bureaucracy and things like that. Mm -hmm. Whereas with Wamina, I kept getting really excited. Like the passion was there. And mm -hmm. even though it was weird, like I'm not a finance person. Investment is really not my deal. Like I don't, it was so bureaucratic, but I loved the, the mission and working yeah. with startup founders and this passion that I, I got from them. So, um, so yeah, we launched it a year later and it was, um, an investor network. We basically targeted women and helped women learn about investing in startups and did everything for them. So we like sourced the startups. We did the early diligence. We held events every month. We brought all these investors together at those events, those startups pitched. We would train them to pitch after the investors chose who they liked best. We would do diligence for two months and then set up a vehicle and do blah, blah, blah. Like we did everything. Nice. Um, Again, not my space, right? But yeah. it was so cool to like work, to help with this, to work with the startups. Um, anyway, so we did this for three years. Turns out our business model was. Um, <laughs> I, we was like, I, I don't want to be rude, but I was like, yo, how did they make money? I was like, as you were talking, I'm like, that is a lot of work and it's exhausting and you're not going to see any revenue. You're basically gambling every it, single well, time. Well, so 
So the VC space like is very iffy about the word gamble. It's not gamble. It's a very strategic, well-educated um, decision yes. that has a long-term payout. Mm-hmm. Yes, but when you're trying to do, uh, so Wamina is a startup helping startups. Yeah. And so you, servicing investors. Servicing yeah. investors. That's exhausting. It was horrible. Yeah. I'm so That's happy exhausting. I don't do it anymore. And so. your your payout is late. Our payout was late. So yeah. we would do essentially about $15,000 worth of work mm-hmm. okay. per investor. Okay. And we charge them a $2,500 membership fee. Okay. So the idea was that, okay, we have an upfront payment. And we knew that the people who would end up paying the fee were like people who could put their money where their mouth is. Sure. But the bet for us was, well, if we put all of this money and time and effort and talent into finding the best startups and get those people to invest in the best startups, then we make money when the investors make money. So it was a long-term bet. It was like the average investment takes about seven to 10 years to exit. So seven to 10 years down the line, when our investors make Mm -hmm. 100X, we will take 20% of that as as our payment, but delayed. So stupid. Mm -hmm. Also, I thought the Middle East ecosystem was so much further than it was it, because assumed, it looks like that from the outside and it did yeah. five years ago that's, yeah. let that's alone the one, now that's you assumed, the one thing you assumed an educated market well, it wasn't even assumed did. it was we did tons of research I swear a lot no. are you okay. sure that's okay 100% <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, it's, but that's the one thing that I always tell people the market is advanced in its sound, but not in its le- like its legs are still very embryonic. Not in its practice. It not, yeah, mm. and w- I don't know what it is about the Middle East, in, you know, startup market. Yeah. But I every time I engage, every time I tell somebody, okay, you know, they 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 want advice, they want to come in. I'm like, yo, straight up, take whatever you're thinking and move yeah. it back seven years. Yeah, easy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and easy. then you're working in that environment with that context. Please proceed. And I think that's something you seem to have learned on the ground, which Unfortunately, is... Unfortunately, yeah, seven years later, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Five, years, exactly. five yeah. years later. So, yeah, it was this... Ter- and it was based on venture capital. Yeah. It was based on a VC business model. So VCs raise a bunch of money from investors. investors. They take a percentage of that to operate on the daily. And yeah. then they bank on the fact that they make smart investments and that they're going to, in five to ten years, actually make money mm-hmm. off yeah. that. Um, except we weren't raising tens of millions of dollars we were raising like 25 or fifty thousand dollars per investment and yeah. we were doing three investments here like it's just not yeah, yeah. it was it, it was sustainable so, it was not sustainable and really what we were had been banking on at the beginning was that we would find um a really large number of investors that would join so we would get mm-hmm. the membership fees up front to cover until we made money from the return okay i am not that person like i can talk to you now blindly and super confidently about yeah. the investment landscape and venture capital and investment strategy. I was not. I was a baker yeah. in Paris. Yeah. I made cakes and I oil painted and body painted. Like I was not <laughs> mm-hmm. I was not that person. And so in order to become the founder of the company that I was st- starting, I had, had to, to learn everything yeah. that I could. I had to completely submerge myself in this very corporate, old school, male dominated his like ancient mindset. Yeah, you mm-hmm. went back in time. Oh my god! Yeah. And and disconnected. I like yeah. cut my hair because I was like, no, I'm too much of a hippie right now. Like you I disconnected to, from yeah. I yourself. To, I had and to shop. I had to start shopping at like stores that of brands that I I hated because yeah. they were more corporate and more professional and like yeah. well tailored and like I couldn't have my pink hair and my crazy jewelry and my style because yeah. if you're coming to tell people, give me a million. million. 
Let me not even give me a million. Give me ten thousand oh, dollars. Yeah. I need to show you that I know how to invest my money. Yeah. So I can't show up, you know, looking, looking. like I don't even know where I put my money. Right? Yeah. So it was it was a really messed up structure. Um, and I really got dis disengaged with it. Um, and then my co-founder and I were struggling for a really long time as co-founders. So um, eventually we kind of made that decision that we were going to break up mm. and she was very much the investment VC person and yeah. I was always the community person and yeah. the women mm -hmm. empowerment person yeah. and I'm from the Middle East so it made a lot more sense that I would continue I wanted to continue Wamina and continue it in the direction of community and women empowerment um, and she wanted to continue on this VC route investing yeah. in the US so so we ended up splitting up and that was like two years ago um, and after that it was really like looking back at okay so what do I have now? What do I have? Yeah. You know, we have this portfolio. We have this really expensive legal structure. We've invested in these companies. We, I'm managing other people's money now, but I have this amazing team, but I don't want to keep doing this yeah. every mm -hmm. day. But I like doing it for me. Like, I'll still invest, but okay. I don't like being an investment manager. Yeah. That's not yeah. who I am. That's not my damn life. So um, really looking at what's the impact that I wanted to, like, what's the point? And we talked about Big Haas being like really into hip hop. Hip hop is his mm -hmm. advocacy. For me, it was women empowerment. For me, it makes no sense that you can judge a person simply because of gender. That 50% of the population of the planet is completely judged and disenfranchised because they happen to be born with ovaries. Like that mm -hmm. blows my damn mind. It makes no sense. And it's the same with things like skin color and it's the same th with religion and it's the same with things like age and class, like all of these things and these inequalities. Like don't sure. make sense to yeah. me um, and and women specifically was like 50% of the population like literally roll yep. the dice 50% yeah. you flip a coin always and you're either mm -hmm. screwed for the rest of your life or you're semi-privileged you know and it doesn't it didn't make sense so I wanted to reconnect with like what's what's the point of what I'm trying to do and um, and make it fun again and so we, we you missed your long pink hair didn't you man I'm <laughs> yes yeah. dude I miss yeah. being able to 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 really be myself. Yeah. And actually, at that point, I don't think I really knew who I was anymore. That's what I, I was going to kind of, uh, you know, kind of go in that direction. You, I, when you, when you enter an industry that is so white male dominated, like let's yeah. also, let's, the, the VCs in the world that dominate are, there, there's a very specific, you know, um, archetype of male that yeah. dominates that environment. Um, you have to kill a part of yourself in order to engage, in order to, if you want to get on that ride, a part of yourself has to die. And you almost, uh, you, you know, to return to that part of yourself, you come back a completely different human. And I think it's very interesting hearing how you've returned back. Because I, I, only, I can only imagine what, you like, who, who even am I? You but know it I mean? wasn't even those men. It was even, like, just my co-founder. Yeah. Like, she is, by nature, more of a corporate VC Be yeah. person. I'm totally not and it it was so strange because I had uh, you know adapted so much I was like compromised so much myself yeah. and changed so much of myself to be taken seriously as a 23 year old in the space yeah. as a woman in the space yeah. and as a Middle Easterner in in the space yeah. that's conventionally American right so all of these things had to change and you know I'm already on panels and we had very two different approaches so let's say because I'm a woman I milked, I milked it. 
okay? I would find events that were going on in the space and I wanted to speak at those events because you have a bigger mm -hmm. presence and I'm very comfortable public speaking. And I would notice that they would have pan all the panels were men. So I would email the organizers and say, I'm sure you didn't do this by design, but have you noticed that of the 45 speakers that you currently have listed, you only have one yeah. female and mm -hmm. she's, you know, the CFO of whatever. And so she's only speaking at this point. Um, I'd be happy to put you in touch with women that could represent that. Thank you so much for pointing that out. We didn't yeah. realize it. Would you yeah. like to speak? Mm -hmm. And I'd say, yes, please. I, would love to speak. <laughs> I didn't expect that. Thank you so much. Um, and so I'd start getting these speaking gigs and then I would already stand out on the panels yeah. and there was a difference my co-founder from her experience in the corporate space was the kind of person who's like okay i'm gonna dress this way in a corporate suit. pantsuit and i'm going to make myself look as much like them yeah. as i can so i fit in i come at it from a different point i'm like look i'm already 20 years younger and a woman and middle eastern and not monotonous mm -hmm. <laughs> i don't speak like this when, uh, yeah i'm presenting yeah. um You know, I can't do that. Go. So I was like, well, I'm standing out anyway. I might as well just go, go all out. Yeah, yeah. Go all go out. All so okay. I wear crazy Boston colors and big skirts and big earrings. And I'd really show off that like, yes, mm -hmm. I'm young and I'm feminine. I'm different and, and shock it. But that was like, that was like a game I played with myself when I would do speaking. And then mm -hmm. when it came to meetings and board seats, yeah, it was very of course. different. Well, and, and this is something that, you know, you have to peacock when you, when you need to peacock. But at the end of the day, when you sign the contract, you know exactly what you have to look like. Yes. Because there's I'm a very signing, big difference when you're looking. And that's something I learned really early on. Totally. If I'm signing an MOU with a government entity, yeah. I'm coming in you're a corporate very yeah, yeah. You know, thing and I'm posing. Those are all black days. All mm -hmm. black. No, actually, bright pink. But for like, you, yeah, <laughs> for you, lovely. No, but I, I but did, it's a corporate. But, but, but there's a moment where... It's a corporate where, bright pink. I, and no, but this is, what, this is something that I really like as we begin to tailor who we are, I, I, and I, I tell all the women, and, mm -hmm. and even all the men that we work with, um, get your shit tailored. Don't buy anything in 100%. the store. 100%. Get everything tailored and make your brand you, but when you're signing the check, the size of the check sometimes will be determined by the way you look. So play accordingly. 100%. I think a lot of times it's determined by the way you look. Yeah. And that's part of the play that you get into. We what? spoke about this in depth as well. There, in a lot of... Um, one of the things I face all the time is this idea of being a black Sudanese male. Instantly, the value on the check, the way you're managed and the way you're treated switches completely totally. in that moment. As opposed to when people don't, hear, don't know I speak Arabic and they assume I'm American, the way I'm treated is different. Oh, really? Worlds apart. As oh, soon wow. as I'm Sudanese, they're like, oh, shuri, shubudda instantly like there's a personality yeah. switch and it's for me it's it's a split second moment from yeah. a smile to like a dead straight poker face of how they want to talk to you right and a lot of times it's that but it's also how you're dressed how you speak how do you carry yourself so in, there's this instant assumption not only um a racial white to black but an inter-Arab Arab racial yeah. experience. American. Yeah. And that's and I get that all the time, yeah. by the way, because yeah. I have, forget the, I, for me, it's like I get white girl privilege, but technically I'm Arab. Yeah. yeah. And it blows people's damn mind. Mm -hmm. And But you have to figure out what are your privileges and what are the, the elements that play against you. So what are the stereotypes that you have to play into? Navigate. Mm -hmm. Navigate and play around. And honestly, at this point, it's it's really, it's just a game. 
It's a game. So I, I, I pulled it. I'm Emirati. I was born in Marathi. My father was was nationalized Emirati. Huh? It's not it's not yeah. blood. It's yeah. it's nationalized Emirati for the last forty years. Mm-hmm. And he is, even though he's Lebanese originally, he is one of the proudest Emirati men you will ever meet. He cries at the mention of Sheikh Zayed. God bless him. He, I swear to God. Yeah. And and when I say I'm Emirati. It's like they don't yeah. It. yeah, they don't want to hear it. No. They, yeah. the, there's, they reject the notion that you're a mark. They, they reject it, and and this was very interesting. Depending on where I lived, also because mm. when I first was in Abu Dhabi and I was first starting Wamina, you know, I knew that by owning the fact that I was Emirati, it caused some controversy because okay. yeah. there aren't a lot of kids that are mixed mm-hmm. that have an Emirati passport. No, there yeah. aren't. Yeah, there aren't that many, and there's. Uh, there are some people who will look at it by saying, no, we're pure Emirati and these ones have Iranian backgrounds or Iraqi backgrounds or Lebanese yeah. backgrounds. They're not real Emiratis. And I hate that. Yeah. I, I don't like that. It's the same in France when they look at a black guy and they say he's not French. Yes, yeah. he is French. He was born here. He was raised here. He is French. It's the same in America. When you look at American people who are born on American soil and raised in America and you say they're not American. I hate that mentality. Mm. And so I liked to poke and say, yes, I'm Emirati and I right. own it. And you know what? My dad is so proud and I am so proud and my family is so proud yeah. and we're from here. But at the same time, I sound like a California girl from like from Sacramento. You know, my yeah. mom is from the U.S., mm. my she grew up in full-on California. I was born and raised in Paris. So mm-hmm. I, I play into the things of like, yeah. And actually, when, pe- when I say I'm Emirati, people's attention completely changes also. Yeah. And there's, it's, actually, it's strange that there's like even more of a respect. Mm-hmm. But they have more of a business mindset when they talk to me as an American. Yeah, mm-hmm. not as an Emirati. Not as an Emirati. When I'm an Emirati, oh. there's a respect and there's a barrier that's There's a barrier, yeah, absolutely. But when I'm an American... There's more of a okay. Let's do business. How are we going to work together? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's very interesting to see that shift. Yeah, I'm never going to see people be weary of me. I don't have an appearance. I don't have prejudices in my appearance no. where people are scared of me. No, or people think I'm up to no good. To no good. Yeah, I don't have. I don't fit any of the stereotypes that say that. But the stereotypes that I have to face are very yeah are very different. Mm-hmm. And it's messed up to see that even in the business world how for the same job someone who's Norwegian will mm-hmm. get paid more than someone who's Filipino oh, absolutely. will get paid less than someone who's Emirati yeah. for the same job for the same amount of time for the same commitment that drives me that drives me absolutely crazy mm-hmm. I can't do it and I think the startup space doesn't act like that because we're all so multicultural here well the thing about well you disagree? No, it's not that I disagree. I think that the startup space is our only bastion of hope to change it. I believe that the the future, it, because I'm half Iraqi, uh, you know, the part the part of me, my my father was an entrepreneur and a, a brilliant one at that. Um, he believed that the future of Iraq that we um, we be, that we we that we deserve to have mm-hmm. is inherited by the entrepreneurs because we build the foundational blocks of what makes a society. And um, I believe if you look at collective and you look at what Dukan is, we've built into the business, into our startups, Mm -hmm. the hopes of what we think the future should look like. So it's not that I disagree, but rather I hope that I hope that more people took that responsibility and that privilege because when you're in the you middle hope it's of true. Yeah, I hope it's true. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I'm just being idealistic and I'll, I'll hold on to that till the day I die. But I genuinely believe that, you know, all of these imbalances are fixed 
in a startup because you're it's you're you you impute all of your hopes and dreams mm -hmm. into it, but it's also a reflection of you. Yeah. But so, it's also you're creating a new environment from scratch. Like you're changing the entire model that has been there for right. many years. Because it, you can't go back to the old business structure and you want to fix that and try to change that because these people have been there for eons and they're in powerful places. So it's very nobody wants to let go of that power, that structure that feeds them and has fed Completely. them for so long. Mm -hmm. But then in a startup, you see this beacon of hope where I can recreate and make shift and develop and build and grow it in a way that is a home for everybody. But that's the first light, that, that's the first compass point that you lose when you're sleepless, when you don't know where the next paycheck's yeah, coming from. Like, like, of course, then you need to use some of the old structure within your business. Well, no, you think you do. You think you do, and it's always your decision. So there's certain things, like it is very difficult for me to hire an Emirati. If an Emirati applies for a job that we're putting out, mm -hmm. I have a pay bracket, all right? This job is somewhere between 11 to 13,000 dirhams, okay? That's like, that's, that's a quarter yeah. <laughs> yeah. of the salary that they would get, you know, uh, anywhere in any company in, in yeah. a baseline position, yeah. like and maybe not baseline, like medium position. So there's no way that an Emirati would be willing to take that much of a pay cut to join a startup. Mm -hmm. Unless so, the culture is worth fighting for. I, I do believe that because I've actually turned so there away. there are rare people. There are, yes. You know, so, but that's yeah. a person. But it's yeah. so, but I'm talking about like in mass. Absolutely. You can't, you, you, you want, like, I'm so blessed. My team is incredibly diverse at Umina. We have a Norwegian who was born and raised in Thailand. Yeah. We have a Filipino. We have uh, Egyptians. We have Americans. We have Saudi Arabian. We have um, Indian. We have, and I'm Lebanese American, and I'm trying to think who else. We just hired a few. We have a it's, lot. Yeah. We have a lot. We have Pakistani. So we have so many different cultures involved in it because we're all in it for like a purpose. But if you're mm -hmm. a startup who doesn't have like a deep societal purpose, and you just do cool tech, then then you what? can't com you can't compete. Yeah, you I can't agree. attract I agree with that. talent from all these different places and actually change the system yeah. because. Yeah. You need everybody, especially here, you need people from the home country to be mm -hmm. part of your story to be able to change the system. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, they just feed into the mm -hmm. system and that's how things But that's are. the thing. Everything, I think, because I come from the school thought of before beginning anything, you need to have a deeply rooted purpose. Mm -hmm. And that is we what attracts people. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe, I don't know how it is in the tech startup world, it's different of just, this is a cool idea, let's build this tech or let's build this app and move forward with it, and then figure out our culture and our purpose and what we're about as we progress. I, mean, I, I don't know, because I'm not from that mm. universe, so I don't really know. But The best practice, startups have a purpose. Yeah. That's what I would have assumed, because why do you exist? Mm -hmm. Right? Like you're answering the question no, of why. No, but I, I but think... Even in tech? So even, yes, yes yeah. absolutely. The best, I think the best startups. Not yeah. all startups. Yeah. You can have a really good yeah. startup um, that does really, really well but that are not necessarily driven by like a deeper spiritual purpose. But the best startups, the most successful ones, will be driven by founders who are delusionally optimistic yeah. about a specific purpose. And that purpose could be, I want to be able to grow plants on Mars. And they will create the most insane hydroponic structure tech that helps you grow tomatoes out of air you know like whatever craziness that they come up with it's because they're driven by like this insane purpose that we need to be intergalactic living yeah. beings right or i'm like everyone in the world needs to be equal you know that's like my yeah like exactly. societal mm -hmm. equality 
is like my my driving force and I happen to choose to do that focusing on women first in my life and then that's your compass with everything you do and that's my compass with everything that I do because otherwise there's so much shit that comes in that you will start to lose yeah. mm-hmm. and it's it's Those the first thing it's such a distance it's almost like this little light in the distance that you were following and when everything starts to come in front of you and you've got oppor- it's and what's amazing about startups every startup has only the only place it can go is up so you first have all these opportunities and then your 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 star that little star that you first looked at and said i'm gonna go there it starts to get blurred out you you, mm-hmm. you look at things in front of you you see people in front of you you make and for me my journey as an entrepreneur and as somebody who believes i build culture is always to go back to that like little star mm-hmm. and that's so tough it's so tough because you've got to go back to that little girl that you were that hoped for that dream and that's really hard that's really tough and women who do that time and time and time again when i meet them i'm in awe like i sit in awe of their like groundedness and men who do that i was going to say i don't you even know? think it's women i think it's people like we were so quick for us to lose touch with our child that child like yeah you yeah. know essence and, and and get corrupted by by money and status mm-hmm. and lifestyle and people's judgments around us yeah so it's it's so admirable when i see people that still hold on to to that to that yeah and one of the things that we built into when we were hiring at collective omar and i were talking and we we're like a childlike wonder every single person here has mm-hmm. a childlike wonder i can't erase it from them mm-hmm. so they'll do things like they'll they'll look at film old school film and be like fucking love this and then we send them to ethiopia to go shoot like that stuff you can't you you can't erase it from them and it probably is their achilles heel it's mm-hmm. their downfall because in a corporate environment that's the first to die put your suit on do this mm-hmm. every day repetitively until you're the best at it it's a tough game mm-hmm. it's a tough game but i celebrate the work like this is one thing the, i find it very interesting that that you focused on women mm-hmm. because you know how cutthroat we can be with each other Look, I only experienced that when I was in middle school and I was always bullied. And then beyond that, every woman I've met has been very, very nice. <laughs> you're, you're very I found I find very that decent. I make a point to celebrate to 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 keep women close mm-hmm. because it's really tough in in corporate environments were made to lash out and 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 hurt each other. So when I was in law school, it was gully. It was unreal how mm. we and then finally a reset But no, we have to love each other. There's mm-hmm. only six of us. Yeah. <laughs> you and you know, that's the beauty about it, because if the, there's a bit of tension with her and another woman in a boardroom or wherever, she'll see her outside and she goes like, but why? Why are we? Like, why are we like this? On it, you know? She goes like, why? It's only me and you there. We need to yeah. come together rather than take each other's place. And I think, I think it happens because we adopt, and this is something that I recognize with the guys, I speak about it a lot. When you're in boardrooms with men all the time, eventually people forget I'm female mm-hmm. and I act... I I I give them aggression and in a way that is characteristically male. So sometimes someone will turn to me like, "Bro." They'll say, yeah. "Bro, what are you doing?" And I'm like, "Oh, oh, we've forgotten. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> it's been it's fine." But I I think that <laughs> No, I think that's amazing. Is it? Like I've I've I the best thing that's happened to me is over the last five years I've been able to infiltrate the male dominated Environment. tech yeah. VC scene and so much so that I literally I run the women's network like there aren't that many of us you know there's one other 
female-focused angel network that's really active. There's mm. maybe a couple mentoring group, but like nobody is a platform for women empowerment mm. in the Middle East. No, I'm the I'm the face of it, or I, I'm I'm the founder. They know that it's been five years. It's not like they can forget that. Mm. And at this point, they see me as one of them to such a degree that I hear the most disgusting things. Yeah. in social settings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear the most <laughs> atrocious horrible things and they say it to me yeah. sometimes about me <laughs> yeah because or they about forgot, my because friends they forgot, yeah. like don't take it personally but we were having a debate before about who was hotter yeah. you or this person and i was like i'm sorry what <laughs> or yeah don't don't take it personally but the first time we met you we were trying to debate who we'd hook up with you or your co-founder yeah because i'm like you said are you <laughs> you, yeah. you're saying this to me like yeah do you understand how offensive that is do you understand how much of a douche you look like now yeah. but and did you forget that you're talk, like how is that or they'll talk and then they went like no bro we didn't mean it yeah, no, no bro not like that but you know I don't I don't always I call them out yeah when it's super inappropriate about another person yeah. so for example I heard somebody start a horrible disgusting rumor about a female friend of mine in the space mm. and a rumor that could destroy her career but he was being a guy and bigging himself up yeah. and he just he talked and the second I heard that it's like no 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 I call him out and I I cuss him out to the point that he had to admit to all of the people in front of me that he had said that to that it was a lie mm. because it was a lie and I knew it was a lie and it was not okay that he did that there I will call somebody out yeah. most of the other times I sit and I go, oh, really? You guys were debating if me and my co-founder were, were hotter? What else do you guys talk about? Mm. Like, I want to understand. I want to hear about it. And I think that one of the reasons that people feel so comfortable, specifically the men in the ecosystem, forget, is because I don't always confront it with no, you, you aggression. Can't, I don't think you should, though. And, I, and I, I'll, say it, I'll say it honestly. Like, I don't confront it with aggression, generally. No, I'm just listening. I go, yeah. okay, so why do you think what you think? Oh, That's yeah. really interesting. Like... Do you, maybe there's an element in the company culture, you know? I don't know if you guys have noticed, but all the partners in the company are men. And actually, the only women in your company are in administrative supporting roles. Mm. You know, what about in the next hiring cycle, putting an extra push to raise the number of female applicants that you get? Yeah. I'm not telling you to hire a woman. Yeah. I'm telling you, just make sure that you get an equal number of applicants so you can make a a fair decision. decision, yeah. And then a few years later, you'll see that like half their team is now yeah. women on the executive side. And actually, they start making more gender neutral decisions and it's more about like just having that conversation understanding because I need to know what I'm working against yeah. I can't just go and tell everyone women are great so well, women, I think, women are good I need to understand why you think what you think yeah and I also and I also feel like you also can't close that door because I think sometimes what happens is when someone feels like they've offended you mm -hmm. they'll you start shunned. to avoid you yeah. Yeah. or they Not, won't be as comfortable speaking exactly and I mm -hmm. think that that's part of that's just part of the nature of, of, of the environment yeah. and, and, and noting how you navigate that is usually with non-judgment Mm -hmm. You know, I think, you know, th that's something that I've learned over the years is I can pretty much negotiate. My strongest ace will come out after I've had a conversation with you where I've been non-judgmental mm -hmm. because you'll tell me everything I need to know to negotiate with you. Mm -hmm. Usually. Usually. That's really interesting. Yeah. And I think you do it without thinking. Yeah. When I've you don't lash out and you get that insight, you have, that insight helps you develop what you want to do rather yeah. than lashing out. Then they won't say anything in front of you, whether if it's in well, business 100%. or personal. And yeah. I want to know, we have a rule in the company. It's like good vibes only. Mm -hmm. Even in the hard times, good vibes only. Meaning that we only work with people who give us good vibes. Yeah. If you do not trust the person in front of you 150%, 
it's going to be them. really tough. 150. They give me 100%. I don't care. 150%. Because So what happens is I then sit in these massive settings and I hear these people talk. And I can ask and I can question and I listen. But not only does it give me maybe an upper hand when I want to negotiate, I never thought of it that way, to be honest. But it's more that it lets me know who I want to continue working with and who I don't. So it's, it's a filter, if you will. It's a filter for me because yeah. these are grown men these are men in their 50s and yeah 40s. like i'm not going to really change their minds yeah. yeah so they're not my audience my yeah. audience are are younger younger and people who yeah like egyptians who fought in the revolution side by side with women who actually visually can understand that actually yeah women are yeah not supported equally as i am but they should be yeah how do i make sure that i can do that that's my audience it's not the ones who think like oh women should stay in the in the kitchen, I'm like, well, that sucks that you think that. You've had 45 years of conditioning to think that. I can't really change yeah. that Change that right now. Yeah. So I let them be. And I know, great, that's not the person I'm going to work with on this project. Let me, f- let me try and to find the right yeah. people that I can work with. That's wonderful. Mm. It's a filter. It's a filter. But it also, when you start realizing more and more <laughs> how many... Oh yeah, people oh, you don't want to work with. It starts is, really limiting. The, yeah, your the filter, pool your filter is fine. Partners. It is yeah. not. A, it is not a sieve. It's a filter, and that, that's something that uh, you know you, you you figure it out quickly. Yeah. But then now your instinct is probably so refined by now that you almost probably navigate whatever. Just it's your personal. It. Yeah. It's personal morals, and I think it's really focusing on culture and, and surround. You know, they say you are the average of the five people you spend Absolutely. the most amount of time with. So, making it a point to spend most of your time be friends with work with people who are elevated are elevating you who yep. are better than you yep. in so many ways whether they're better than you at identifying respectful and kind people whether they're better at you at analysis or at editing or at being creative or at you know making money or at whatever they're just better than you and they can lift you up yeah and you know, I'm very lucky. I've really rarely had moments where I've I've beefed with women or like they've they've there's been that conflict um, that is in my head a bit superficial. You know, like yeah. like cattiness, like this stuff mm-hmm. that people talk about a lot. The thing is, the funny thing, the interesting thing about a lot once once as you reach a point where it goes away in the corporate world and you realize there's like four or five of you, so mm-hmm. you better band together or you're not <laughs> your survival depends. Or there on won't be any more. Or there won't be any more of you. But but I think. I'm happy that you haven't experienced a lot of it because we, that therefore we can envision a world without it. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? But question, is it because you're diffusing these situations before they escalate or they don't happen at all? Um, I don't know. If I'm going to take a guess, it's because, you know, I dealt with a lot of, when I was 13 years old, like really mean bullies in school. Um, and I, I, I mean, seriously, like mm-hmm. I, every group of friends for three or four years eventually kicked me out and bullied me, like, or mm-hmm. took advantage of me. That's like, so, that, that wasn't my high school experience. Like, I just, yeah. that was in high school. I'm talking middle school. I'm talking like age eight, eight to age 13. Yeah, that every wasn't year, my experience. I lost my group of friends. That's and, really tough. And when I wasn't, I was just in a group of friends to be in a group of friends. And then they would just like take advantage sure. and bully and whatever. Um, and thank God my friends from high school were amazing and my friends from college were amazing. But that's also because I started hanging out more with guys. Yeah. Um, and my female friends were really awesome, but they were, you know, select few. Sure. And, and dudes never treated me with this cattiness. And so what happened is, what's funny is I was always a guy's girl. Yeah. Most of university, my friends were men. I had one or two female friends. 
the rest were all dudes every day every weekend I was at my house we're playing video games and we're watching the movies and we go on road trips and it was always open mic nights and it was always with the mm-hmm. guys and after college I start a company that's focused on women and women empowerment yeah and I have now made it a point I mean maybe it was subconscious right but now I realize I made it a point to surround myself with women that that pull each other up yeah yeah absolutely right? what did they say they say um, empowered women empower women yeah it's mm. one of those things like I find women who are better than me and I find women who have the potential to be better than me and I help the next generation and the generation before me helps me yeah. and I've built a community whether it's my immediate team within Wamina who are rock stars or it's within the network of the boss ladies we have these 400 women entrepreneurs um, mm. and investors from Amazing. around the Middle East wonderful and they're in this network and they're helping each other that's the whole point there's no cattiness it's I need to learn about Sudan because I may want to open my company in Sudan let me just write on the group or every time we get speaking gigs I can't do all the speaking gigs so mm-hmm. we just pass we tell them we'll pass it on to the Next. network and we yeah. find women for them or journalists every time I have an interview and I'll tell you guys right now as a great example Anytime you guys need a person to interview for Dukan show, let me know. I have 400 badasses who are amazing and kicking ass in the tech world and they all have their own stories and I can Wonderful. get them to come on the show Wonderful. or I can get them featured in Vogue or I can get them to do whatever. And it's yeah. this thing where now it's a, it's a, I'm delusionally optimistic. Yeah, and you, as, you a, <laughs> as you should be, as you should be. And I make it a point to hold on to those little slivers of hope. Of hope. Yeah, you know, that's that, what, that's that, what that hope that got Obama elected, yeah. that little marketing campaign that they nailed and got the, the, the American people to elect the first African-American mm-hmm. dude who's the first third culture kid president also, yeah. first, right? Yeah. Kenyan, grew up in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. That little sliver of hope is the only thing that keeps entrepreneurs alive. Alive. A hundred percent. And I make it a point now, like that's... That's all I focus on. I'm, I'm surrounding myself with those people. I'm f- finding them, fostering them, mm-hmm. supporting them. The accelerator that we launched, it's all about Wonderful. helping that next generation. The show that's coming out is mm-hmm. showing other people that these people exist. Like, it's all about really just that star. And I'm so, f- so focused on, on exactly. that star there. And everything I do and Has everyone I work with, you Has know, leads it. back to that. Excellent. Leads back to that star. Yeah. That's amazing. That's good. Yeah. Keep your eye on the star. <laughs> yeah, on the star. Yeah. It's like very Peter Pan like. It know, is yeah. Peter Pan and Wendy. <laughs> it, that's true. It is. Wow, I forgot about that. Go on to Neverland. We're yes. all we're all we can get we're really sure about this. Yeah. We're all on the way to Neverland, guys. Just keep mm. believing. It'll happen. Thank you guys so much awesome. Thank for you, your sir. time. Appreciate Thank it. you. I can talk for hours. So can I. Salam. Salam.